Before we jump into today's conversation, let's take a moment to acknowledge our amazing sponsor, the Academy of Therapy Wisdom. Oh my gosh, we love this platform. They're the place I go now for all my CEUs. Stay tuned for a special offer at the end of the show. Please join us for our next live online workshop, Integrating Mind and Heart, April 3rd through 6th of 2024. This is an experiential, active workshop designed to engage you in brain states that promote relational learning. If you want to get closer, say the things that usually go unspoken and trust each other and yourself to get through the hard moments. This is the workshop for you. Go to whydoesmypartner.com to learn more and register. Welcome to the Why Doesn't My Partner podcast. I'm Jules. I'm Vicki. And I'm Rebecca. We're your hosts. We're also couples therapists and messy humans bumbling through our own relationships every day. We met through our training and practice of relational life therapy. Between us, we have more than 40 years of experience holding hard relational questions with our clients. We're going to bring those questions here. And together, we're going to take a stab at answering those questions. This podcast is not a substitute for therapy. If something you hear in this episode stirs something deep within you about your relationship, reach out to a couples therapist in your area. We also love to hear your questions, so don't forget to go over to whydoesmypartner.com and leave us a question of your own. Here's today's question. Why does my partner set me up to react when he makes controversial statements that are hurtful or misrepresentational and expect that I don't react? And then when I react, He tells me that I'm being angry and that I'm wrong. And I always create a fuss about everything. When I feel that if he had not have said what he said, there wouldn't be an issue. So ladies, why does my partner make me react? Set Mm. me up. He's setting her up. Is he though? Yeah. What's ha- that's what I'm wondering you know, about. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going right there. Like I'm. I'm. I'm going to like. Okay. I think both. I don't know them from anything other than what we've just heard. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm thinking, um, how are her boundaries and mm-hmm. her ability to contain some of whatever's coming out, and also. There's probably something he can turn around and take a look at on his side. Like maybe there is something about like some judgment and his needing to be right. And like there's Mm -hmm. very likely something there going on. And Mm -hmm. I think it's one of those places where we have to start with a U-turn. I'm I'm going to encourage a U-turn for both partners here. Yeah. What I'm reading through, and I'm guessing, but I'm reading a being right battle here. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm going to say a thing. It's probably, I don't think she's wrong. She's, he's saying it in a way that's provocative or controversial. Maybe it's a statement about something going on in their relationship that's gotten always never in it. Maybe it's something politically provocative that he knows she disagrees with. I don't know what's going on. But my guess is, is there's something happening there where we're engaging in a conversation and then If she disagrees, and I don't know how you're disagreeing and Mm -hmm. how you're disagreeing matters a lot, 
right? But then when the disagreement happens, now we're going to be in a being right battle about who's right about the opinion of the statement originally made. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to blame somebody for getting angry <laughs> and say, it's all your fault for getting and, and angry or it's all your fault for making me angry either way. And so right. I feel like this being right battle is going on, on two levels. One is about the statement itself. And the other is about the type of interaction that the interaction is yes. a wrong kind of interaction or a fine kind of interaction. So I want to back it up a little bit because I have two theories for, to answer her. Why is he doing this? Mm. Two different theories. Okay. One is, because I found this about myself, uh, and I, I'm going to make it me, but I do think this is a lot of us. I expect mm-hmm. my husband to be in his second consciousness slash whatever connected brain all the time. Wise adult. Wise Relational adult. health. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. I expect him to be you there. expect him to be time. perfect. Oh, I do. I totally do. <laughs> So that's one reason is I wonder if the husband's just expecting her or the partner's expecting her to always be in that other mindset. She's not going to be mm-hmm. like that. So, that, so right. It. Let me, let me break down what you're saying. So basically the expectation is I can say whatever I want in whatever way I want. And you should be in such a wise adult state that you have only a calm and pleasant reaction to me, regardless of how I said what I said. Okay. Here's the, Yes. And I don't Is like what you're saying. <laughs> I'm just making sure I'm following. But it makes a lot more sense in my mind. And when I phrase it that way, it sounds much more believable and doable. So I think, I think a lot of our magical thinking sounds better in our brain. And it then sounds like, oh my God, what was that? How was I thinking that when we say it out loud? I don't like you calling mm-hmm. it magical thinking. Okay, do you have another name for it? I can go with that. What do you want to call it, Vicky? I would say butting your head up against the wall of reality. Okay, there we go. Let's call it that. I would say how wonderful my world would be if Gabe would just do that. So there's sure. that. You know what? This if he is lived in your reality. <laughs> I love this. I call it magical so, thinking. It, it is. I, it is magical thinking. It totally oh, is. This. I really didn't realize it until you guys said that. I know how unrealistic yeah, yeah. it was. I know it's unrealistic. I also know it's what I really do expect. Mm-hmm. It's, it it's, is. And I know I'm not wrong. It's this piece about like, you know, we have different subjective realities, different experiences, right? It's what we talk about whenever Jules is talking to us about our history colored lenses, mm-hmm. right? This, mm-hmm. this is that stuff. Mm-hmm. And right. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. like, I'm going to, I'm just going to, put it out there again, big plug for quantum physics, right? There is no mm-hmm. such thing as objective reality. Oh, thank you. I was like, I have exactly. no idea what you meant by quantum physics. Quantum yeah. physics has proven that there's no such thing as objective reality. It's there's really reality. exciting. And if you want to totally geek out, go Google it. I'm not going to waste our time it's talking amazing. about quantum physics because it's way over my head, but you can Google it and there's tons out there on this. There's no such thing as objective reality. That this makes sense. So what you're saying absolutely makes sense. And I think there's two issues going on brain-wise here. The, one is the history-colored glasses problem, which we talk about a lot. But I want to think about another one. So I'm a trauma therapist, and I train trauma therapists. But something I'm very fond of telling all my trauma therapists who come to me for training is this. Even if all of the trauma were totally gone, 
magic, poof, gone, we would still have a job, and here's why. Your brain is capable of imagining perfection, but you live here. (laughs) And that is a very painful and frustrating experience. And so I will always have a job, no matter what, because I'm going to help people work through the grief of that truth. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that has very little to do with your history and very much to do with dreaming. And your and your future and what's possible, right? All of our goals and dreams and seeking comes out of the space. So how cool. Yeah. But but when he so I'm 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 guessing it's a dude, but I could be wrong. When they, your partner, comes to you and says the provocative thing, and it may be provocative, it may not be, we don't know. There's no such thing as objective reality. Quantum physics has proved that. But we do (laughs) know that in this particular question, the person Mm -hmm. who's asking it says, why does my partner set me up to react? React. That's that's an important piece, the set me up. Yeah, because that means he's not expecting her to be in connected brain mindfulness, all the words we or, were or she thinks that he should not expect right. that. Right. That's interesting. Right. I right. forgot. That. And he might be, he might actually be expecting that just like you're expecting yeah. that of your husband mm-hmm. that you get to uh, hop off about whatever. And he's supposed to have a really calm reaction. And then when he doesn't, you get pissed at him. <laughs> right. Yeah, like, well, or it's also the other thing I was thinking was, and I, I want to come back to that set up Rebecca, which was the real question. Um, mm-hmm. But the other thing I'm thinking is when he doesn't agree with, and we've talked about this, I think even offline, what sometimes when he doesn't agree with me, I'm blindsided because I really think I brought Mm -hmm. up something that was like this flippant little conversational piece. And now he's disagreeing with me. And I'm like, how did we get here? This was an easy (laughs) one. Like you weren't supposed to disagree with this because it might be like, we agree on this topic. How are you disagreeing with me on this nuance? Like, so that was my other thing is that maybe he's blindsided because he expects her to agree with him and then he doesn't and then she doesn't. But I you now know have- something that I see in my office all the time mm-hmm. is I'll be sitting with a couple and they'll be in a conversation. And from where I'm sitting, they're agreeing with each other. And from where they're sitting, they're not they're in totally different worlds. And well, you said it with this tone of voice and I don't understand why. Right. And so it's like, there's a total mismatch happening and it's not actually about the thing they're talking about. It's about something else that they're picking up on some Mm -hmm. other piece of sensory experience that Mm -hmm. is confirming or disconfirming, right? Like something that they think they know. Yeah. 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 Mm Mm-hmm. There is another piece in this question that I just want to also mm-hmm. like highlight. Mm-hmm. Um, Do it. Because I think as we listen to this listener question, I love when we get these recorded audio listener questions. I think it's so helpful for our listeners to also hear the questions from the person who's asking them. With their and voice. I, with their voice. And I, I think in this particular one, we get a lot of information because we can start to feel into this isn't just about this one particular question. There's other dynamics underneath this. Like mm-hmm. he, why does he set me up to react? Um, he makes hurtful or misrepresentative comments, but then here's the piece, something about uh calling her angry or wrong, telling her that she creates a fuss. And then when she turns it around and says, it wouldn't be an issue if he just kept his mouth shut, right? Like if he didn't say anything. Mm 
So we, we're getting a sense of like, okay, so here's an angry woman and a man who's saying too much, right? Like mm-hmm. there, there's something that's, that's showing up in here in terms of like the, the roles that they're being cast in, whether it's mm-hmm. consensual or not consensual, that they're, they're somehow casting each other or casting themselves into these roles. And I'd be curious with this couple how much that dynamic plays out in other ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's there's a couple of U-turns here that I'd like to invite anyone really who has this sort of question to um, contemplate. One is the phrase, set me up. That's a really interesting phrase, set me up to react. And the reason I think it's really interesting is you gave the power of how you are expressing yourself to another person. Yes. In that phrase. I don't, I think feeling is a much more nuanced experience than somebody says something and then they made me feel X, whatever feeling, sad, angry, whatever. There's a, that's a, that's actually a very complex process going on. And I don't know what it is this person's saying, but I do know that if someone made me react, I'm putting that in quotes, Mm-hmm. What I did was I just gave them the power to do that. So I get to be, the U-turn here is, are you allowing yourself to be responsible for the pause between what you feel and what you do? And are you allowing yourself to be responsible for bringing your own curiosity to whatever feelings came up? And yes, they are in response to the stimulus that just came into that the environment your partner said something you had a res- an emotional reaction to it true right and uh, this feeling story isn't so clear <laughs> how exactly that feeling came to be was stimulus plus everything about where you are right now plus everything you've ever lived in your entire life and how you've organized those into meaning categories that sit on the subconscious psychological floor mix that all together and bah, you get a feeling so i don't think that someone's setting you up to feel a particular way and and reaction is a really interesting word because that would that would actually move forward into a, a thought process where I feel and I do without a pause in between. Right. Mm-hmm. So what you're lining up is the difference between what we call first and second consciousness. Because mm-hmm. first consciousness is where there is no pause. Second consciousness is where there's more of a pause. I like to use, mm-hmm. um, Jules, everything you just described lines up really well with this quote that's often attributed to Viktor Frankl. I don't know that it's actually mm. a Viktor Frankl quote, um, but mm-hmm. the the quote is something along, I'm going to paraphrase it, between the stimulus, the things that happen to us, and our response to that stimulus, there lies a space. Inside that space lies our power and our freedom to choose our response. Yeah. Right? And I, 100%. I like to, to really break down the word responsible. Mm-hmm. I like to think of it like responsible. Okay, if I'm responsible, I am able 
to respond. Mm-hmm. If I'm reactive, I'm just reacting something old. Mm-hmm. Mm, something old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's the reacting, right? There's something I that's love kind this. of yeah. I love your wordplay there. I think it's a really easy way to remember it and understand the difference between them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And there's a second U-turn for the person asking the question. And that is, I don't know what subject kind of subjects are coming up, but I am curious about this. Is there any way for your partner to bring up something that's hard for them in a way that would not set you up for a reaction? Mm-hmm. If so, tell them and see if they can do it. Tell them. If not, then probably what's going on is that you actually don't want feedback. And that might be a really difficult space if authenticity is what we're looking for. I like and I'm, said, yeah, go ahead, Vicki. Some people aren't looking for authenticity or um, the deeper level of connection. So it would be like mm-hmm. to really yeah. look into that. Is that really what you're looking for? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was just thinking about your use of the word feedback there, you know, not wanting feedback. Um, because feedback, when I hear that, I think of like, you know, it's in response to something maybe that I said, or you're offering a deeper interpretation of something. Whereas I, I think there's also some people who just don't want to talk about hard things. And mm-hmm. that might speak mm-hmm. more to that authenticity place that you're talking about. So it might just be like, what kind of relationship are we looking for here? What's our value system? Mm-hmm. What are we, what are we mm-hmm. in this together for? What's that agreement? Yeah. And just to be total devil's advocate about it, there have been plenty of moments where I've seen someone come into my office and it's often a dude and he is trying to provoke her. Mm-hmm. Now, whether or not she lets that happen that's different, but there's like a, um, Lordy, I've seen it many, many times where there's a little bit of like a teasing, poking, he might say something he knows is going to get her going. Definitely. And then if she bites either ridicule or dismiss or counterattack. So if that's what's happening, then I have a U-turn for your partner. What's the hope here? <laughs> when you're when you say something you know is provocative, you know she's gonna have a response. What is it you really want? And he thinks I it's wonder, cute when she reacts. It's never he, cute. It this might isn't be about cute. He thinks that it Gabe and I have this conversation, so I know this. He thinks my reaction is cute. And what I tell him is I literally motion, I'm doing this for the girls. I circle my face. And I say, is this what you were hoping for? And he goes, well, no, it went too far. (laughs) So there's the problem. But so there is, you're right. There's a setup and it said, Mm -hmm. if you react, I'm not saying she should at all. I'm saying if the reaction Mm -hmm. is small enough, he thinks it's cute and he was going for that. This isn't all men, but I will say it's Gabe. And then I usually do give him that small reaction. My reaction's bigger and then he regrets it. Like, can I tell you why I'm I'm actually really compassionate about this for dudes? Um, dude connection is often done through teasing. Oh, yeah. Especially if you're a dude's dude. 
most of the intimate connection that I see dudes doing is a lot through like sort of teasing or joking or sarcasm. And so if you bring that into a relationship with a woman who did not grow up where that was a way of connecting, it's just provocative and awful. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> but I have a ton of compassion for why it it may land as like, what? I was just trying to have a conversation or what? I was just trying to connect with you. When maybe you have an un sort of unconscious subconscious landscape that says that's what connection feels like. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like a locker room job. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that's actually, it, it's as close to feeling connected as a lot of dude world is allowed to be. Not all. I think that's changing. I don't want to mm -hmm. paint it with a black and white sort of lens. Right, but, but depending on what generation we're talking about. Mm -hmm. yeah. Exactly. And there's, there is a landscape where, well, how do you connect if vulnerability is off the table? Because for men, for centuries, vulnerability is not allowed. So, since vulnerability is required to connect, how do you do that? Well, you go into battlefields with buddies and you hit vulnerability the hard way and they get really, really close. All the soldiers I've ever worked with are tied to their brothers in arms like, like they're twins. Or you tease the crap out of each other. Oh, and by the way, all the soldiers I've ever worked with do that too. <laughs> so you've seen it in action. I mean, not necessarily. Oh, yeah. 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 So that might be a bit about what's going on, about why this is happening. But for this couple, I'd and any if this is resonating with you, I suggest you turn on both sides. Mm -hmm. Own your pause between what you feel and what mm -hmm. you do. Be curious about why the feelings are coming up the way they are and how that may be partly about what's going on and partly Mm -hmm. about everything else that's ever happened for you. And if your person that you're with is giving you feedback that you say things that are provocative, do a U-turn. Find out what it is you're really wanting. Find out what it is. And I got one more piece that I want to throw in here before we wrap up. Mm -hmm. And that's that mm -hmm. if your partner is saying something and it's really getting a rise out of you that's bringing you to a place where you get angry, mm. I want to invite you to do that pause. And inside of that pause... I'm curious if there's a boundary that you're not holding, that you're not setting, if that anger is trying mm -hmm. to tell you something, mm -hmm. right? And if there's there's anger there, there's very likely that there's either some resentment or some frustration or somewhere that you haven't been listened to, or there's something going on there that's saying, hold on, wait, pay attention to me. You need to set a boundary or you need to respect your own boundary, like set it and you hold it. It's not about you setting mm -hmm. a boundary that someone else has to hold. Mm -hmm. So Amen. I just want to invite the, the, the question, the person who asked the question, I want to invite you to inside of your U-turn, inside of that slowing down and looking at your reactivity, look at your anger and get curious about that. Mm -hmm. Well said. I love it. Right. Let's All right, wrap this let's one. wrap it. <laughs> we're we're in sync. <laughs> yeah. Take care, y'all. Take care, guys. Bye bye. That wraps up this week's episode. Join us again next week for another Why Does My Partner. We hope that you continue to listen wherever you get your audio. 
and that you'll follow the show. To go deeper, join us at our bootcamp. You'll find the next date at whydoesmypartner.com. Did you know you could ask us your question? Your questions are relational gold. Go to whydoesmypartner.com to either write in or record your question for a future episode. We want to tell you more about our sponsor, Therapy Wisdom. Jules is one of their amazing educators, and you can also find teachers like Janina Fisher, Bessel van der Kolk, Deidre Fay, and Akila Riley Richardson, plus a bunch of people you might not have heard of, but will definitely want to start following once you take their courses. And because you listen to us, the Therapy Wisdom team is offering a secret code to give you free access to one of my one-hour wise conversations. Use the code WDMP at checkout. If you're a licensed therapist, coach, healer, or someone who's invested in doing the deep work of personal healing and want to learn about topics like neurobiology, supporting trauma healing, incorporating intersectionality and somatic work, then this is the place for you. Discover some of the most heart-led and quality courses available in a community of people who are invested in spiritual growth, equity, inclusion, and developing expert-level clinical skill. Visit therapywisdom.com or click the link in the show notes and use the WDMP discount code. Thanks, Therapy Wisdom. We love you.